Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 354, and I had a conversation with Cheryl Holtzman. Cheryl has the coolest jobs, and I really just want to follow her around all day. Not only is she a big cat wrangler and general animal wrangler, and is on TV and film sets with creatures great and small, making sure all is going well, she is also in special effects production, which is how I met her, and her FX and life partner, Eric Fox. I had a ball in this conversation learning about the different aspects of Cheryl's day-to-day life, and before I die, I will snuggle a big cat, I hope. That is a mission that, I mean, I, I can't even, I can't even, you know? During this episode, I had a cold coming on, and now, as you can hear, probably, I'm in full-blown cold mode, so pardon that, and uh, if you think good thoughts in the world for healing, please do so. I need them. Thank you. I hate colds. It's not COVID, thank God. All right, check out heyhumanpodcast.com for links, Hey Human merch, and to learn more about my guests and the show. Check out SusanRuth.com to learn about me and my other artistic endeavors. And as I mentioned, just wrapped a film and Cheryl was on the special effects team. So cool. So cool. So in special effects, I should mention, there's something called practical effects. And then there's something called um, digital effects. So practical effects are the the things that are made out of molds and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Please follow Susan Ruthism and Hey Human Podcast on social media. Find my albums on Apple Music or wherever you get your music. My most recent record, All I Ever Wanted Was Everything. I'm trying to change that. Working on new music. I will keep you posted. And uh, check out my relationships and sex show, Are We There Yet? with sexologist and healthcare practitioner Mara Edelman. It's on YouTube under youtube.com, Are We There Yet? podcast show. Rate, review, and subscribe to Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It's super helpful. And thank you for listening. Thank you for spreading the word. As always, if you have guests you'd like to recommend, email me, Susan, at heyhumanpodcast.com. Love to hear from you. All right. Take care of each other. Be well. Stay not sick. Stay healthy. Be love. Pet a cat and a dog and all the animals animals rule. All right, here we go. Cheryl Holtzman, welcome to Hey Human. Hi, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm super excited for this episode, uh, for this conversation. (laughs) We met uh, on the set of, uh, or I guess as we were doing the prosthetics for my film, Mm -hmm. and you are a special effects person. And when we were chatting uh, you mentioned that you were also a tiger wrangler. And I thought, yeah. <laughs> well, that's something new I haven't talked with somebody about. It's uh, not an everyday thing, I guess. Definitely not. And I, I have to admit, straightforwardly, I have never seen the Tiger King, although everyone I know has. <laughs> and today, in preparation, I watched one of those YouTube videos that's... Um, uh, learn everything you need to know about Tiger King in seven minutes. So, <laughs> oh, that's great! Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, let's get into you. Where did you grow up? Um, Orange County, um, 
Anaheim is where I was born, grew up in Orange County, went to school there. Um, of course, worked at Disneyland. Pretty much standard for everybody that grew up in Orange County, I think. <laughs> As a character? No, I actually worked on attractions. I worked on Space Mountain, Autopia, and Star Tours. Okay. I've been that's on Space fun. Mountain. That's my favorite ride. So it was fun working it. I'm a big scaredy, so my eyes were closed most of the time. Ride, Me too. Ride. I don't I don't really like roller coasters. I don't like big drops. So mm. <laughs> No. I do I do like Splash Mountain, which I heard they closed, but I, I do they like closed Splash it for a while. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. I do like that one. Anyway, did you grow up in a weird family? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I grew up in probably the nerdiest family ever. My mom is a botany and biology teacher and my dad was an earth science geology teacher. So I grew up like looking at plants and learning about plant names and rocks and fossils and going to gem fairs. And we, we always had a bunch of animals growing up. We, you know, we called it our, our little zoo because we just had, we had everything. We had like so many cats and like I had mice and lizards and snakes and salamanders and a millipede and like all sorts of weird animals. So, you know, I've always loved animals. Now, were you into horror as a kid? Not so much. Like, um, I, of course, have seen like the 80s, like the Lost Boys was like a staple of my childhood, of course, you know, and and that kind of thing. And I think um I saw bits and pieces of like Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff like that. My mom and dad are not into horror at all. Um, I didn't really get into horror until um, like really into it until I saw Scream when it came out. That was my first horror and it just started my love of everything. And I recently just met um, Skeet, Matthew and Jamie Kennedy. And like, I was like practically in tears because I was like, you guys started it all. So yeah, it was awesome. Love, love horror just because that's that's what started. And I went back and watched all the classics and you know, super into like all of it. <laughs> well, growing up, was there an expectation that you would follow in your parents' footsteps? No, no, they are very supportive and open of anything we wanted to do. Um, so it's funny though, because like my mom asked me what I wanted to do, and I always had said something with animals. Um, that's always been my passion. And she's the one who actually suggested I become an animal wrangler for film. So um, at her suggestion, I was like, oh, that does sound fun. And so then I went to school, um, more per college as an awesome program called Exotic Animal Training and Management. And um, I graduated from that program in 2016. Um, and they have a zoo like on school ground. So like I learned how to walk a mountain lion at zoo, at, like at school, like who does that? <laughs> Hardly anybody. So um, that was like, you know, my first experience with exotic animals. And I, once I graduated, I just stayed with it. And I worked with a few tigers and it's interesting. <laughs> What's the trick to walking a mountain lion? Have snacks in your pocket? Yeah. Yeah. I always have something to feed him. I mean, like, luckily when I um, was assigned to him, his, his name was Spirit. Um, he was already like 16 years old. So he's a pretty old guy, but I mean, he was spunky in his youth, but I mean, you just, you know, you, you learn not just cat behavior, then you learn mountain lion specific behavior. And then you learn that specific animal's behavior because each animal is going to have a different personality and different nuances. So, you know, it's a lot of observation before you go and start 
walking them and interacting with them, you know, because you've got to stay safe. <laughs> What's the most um, dangerous uh, creature you've worked with? Honestly, everybody laughs when I say this, but um, I've actually gotten bitten more by raccoons than anything else. And I'm actually terrified of like parrots, like anything in the parrot family. They are way more mean. I would rather walk into a cage with a 500 pound tiger than deal with like a macaw. Like they're just mean. They're just straight up mean. <laughs> so yeah, those are, those are the more scary and difficult ones. I would, I would take a big cat over those, you know, any day. I love my raccoon, but even he's bitten me, you know, it just, it happens. You have a pet raccoon? Uh, not like mine personally, my boss's raccoon that I work with all the time. He's like my favorite little boy in the whole world. His name is Snarky and he's the cutest thing ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's Snarky. He's still a raccoon. So, you know. What sets him off? Um, two things are his triggers. If you take something away from him that he wants or stop him from doing something he wants to do, then he'll, you know, he'll get mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the soul of a white man. <laughs> Yes, yes, he does. Yes, he's a very privileged raccoon. <laughs> well, tell me about what a day in the life of a student of this this school you went to was like. Cool. What kind of things went on? So basically, a day in the life. It's a very long day. Um, school starts at six thirty sharp every morning. Um, you go and you like clean and feed the animals uh, at the zoo. Then you go to do a bunch of very heavy classwork. Um, a lot of people fail out, unfortunately. It's um, a very tough load of very academic heavy classes that are not easy by far. Um, then you're in classes all day and then you go and do zoo closing um, at the end of the day. And that's kind of like as a first year student. As a second year student, you don't have as many classes so you spend more time with the animals training them you're actually like required to train two animals per semester um train them any you can train anything you want um so like things that are popular to train are medical things like how to get like giving an injection like voluntary injections voluntary blood draws anything that can help the animal in its own care because if you give them a choice to do that and they're more willing to participate if they're getting their favorite treats it's just a more pleasant experience all around than holding an animal down and drawing blood so just yeah. like with people where the lollipops exactly. were invented lollipop, exactly <laughs> it's the same thing you train everything with treats <laughs> i'm very well trained with treats that is true i am i am too yep talk about an interesting day that you may have had while while learning just in involving the animals um so obviously some funny things happen sometimes. And, uh, you know, I was working my llama, her name was mama llama and I was training her, um, a behavior off leash. It's just walk from one trainer to the other trainer called an A to B, um, super easy behavior, but she doesn't work off leash very often. And so she was, and something spooked her, um, where we were working her on stage and she decided to bolt running like down the school road and like other animals are being walked and stuff like that. And so it's like really dangerous. And so like, you have to announce what's going on. And I'm like, llama running down the road, like screaming it. So everybody knows, Hey, the llama's loose. She's running. And like, it was one of my teachers saw it. It was just a whole mess. And I was just like, and he comes up laughing. Cause it was pretty funny at the time, I guess, but he comes up laughing. He's like, so what happened? And I was like, well, you know, she got away. She just ran. She stopped right by her home. 
oh, right, right, her home enclosure. So she's smart. She stopped there and waited for me to open the gate for her. And I'm like, okay, here you go, princess. But, Which is you know, where the food is, probably. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, well, it happens. So there's always stuff like that. Um, you can know your animal, but you can't ever fully predict your animal. You don't know what they're thinking, what they're going to do, what the environment's going to do. Like somebody could crash a car down the street and make a loud sound. You know, you have no control over that. So it's like, it's always interesting working with animals because you just never know. And sometimes they just don't feel like doing what they are going to do, you know, what you're asking. And, you know, that's fair. They, every animal um, trained gets a base diet. So we don't withhold food or anything. They get their base diet. But then, um, you know, the, the extra treats that they would be getting for training, they just won't get them if they, you know, if they don't want to do it. So it's up to them. <laughs> now, do if I have an animal like a iguana or a cat or a dog or a llama, and I think <laughs> this is the this creature is a star, do I then bring them to you to train into stardom, or how does that work? Yeah, so a lot of the time, if somebody has an animal that they want to get into the movie business, um, there's usually open casting calls that, like, if you follow, if you just even, like, look for open casting calls for animals, there's, they're all the time, you know, in every state, people are looking for, you know, or you can follow the studio companies um, that are the ones that do the training and stuff, and they'll post casting calls on their, on their Instagram pages and stuff, so there's ways. And if you know somebody, you just ask. So I have to imagine that the chaos of an open casting for, for such a thing. Sometimes it's crazy. You know, it's, it's better now that, you know, you can send like pictures and do everything like instantly. But my boss was telling me back in the old days when it was all like through mail, you'd have to wait for, you know, like, or have a big open, like open, open casting call where all these animals would just show up. And it's just, chaos so it's better now with pictures and phone calls and zooms and stuff like that but um yeah this uh like and even you know if i'm working on a film and you know they know that i'm an animal wrangler they'll say hey we need this for this movie and you know can you hook us up with the people um and and you know or like i did it myself um i trained a dog for um a movie called Alien Vacation. Since I was doing the effects on the movie, I was like, well, it's just easier since I'm already there to just do the dog. And and it ended up being one of our crew members' um, family's dog. So, like, it's it's as easy as that, too, sometimes. Like, he wasn't a movie-trained dog or anything. So, you know, it's, it's pretty simple, especially with um, dogs. It's the easiest because they're already usually trained basic commands. So, cats, the nightmare. It's uh, cats are their own thing. You know, they, they always kind of want to do what they want to do. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, production companies don't realize that why it's so expensive to get a trained animal versus just going and picking one up at the shelter. They start from like babyhood, usually being exposed to everything, like in the carriers and, you know, all the lights and the, all the stuff going on on a set is terrifying to a lot of animals if they don't know what's going on. So you can't just pick up a shelter cat and think that it'll be a star it's usually not how that works (laughs) isn't that so interesting and uh you know of the the tiger king story yes do you have anything to say about that i don't like any of them on tiger king i hate 
all of them they give all of us a really bad name um that's not how you know the majority of big cat trainers are there's always going to be those people out there but you know a lot of us really care a lot about our animals and treat them like our kids and would do anything for them and you know you know i know from because i do have friends that know him personally and know all the details and everything like that um that uh you know he he used to be a good guy which is really sad um he just kind of lost his way um i will say that he he became a bad guy um so he he used to be good and carol baskin is probably the worst one of the worst humans on the planet <laughs> hater and uh for the record i do think she killed her husband <laughs> um i'm totally gonna get like allegedly <laughs> allegedly allegedly killed her husband in my opinion in my opinion so uh, i know i'm gonna get some you know some uh <laughs> yeah but it's okay well i'll have to t i mean like i said i've not seen the show but i watched the seven yeah. minute uh and even i in seven minutes went oh yeah she totally did that yeah everybody's like oh she did it she did it everybody knows like i think it was the um crazy. that weird wording on the that sort of sealed the deal for me saying that if if the husband disappeared like nobody writes that in their will yeah nobody writes that nobody writes if he disappeared yeah it's just there's a lot of uh circumstances that you know make it suspicious is there but, any uh, animal you wouldn't work with um centipedes I'm terrified of centipedes. They are the only animal that scares me. Um, uh, other than parrots, like I'll still work with parrots, but they do terrify me. But ones that I just straight up won't work with at all are centipedes. And usually people don't handle them anyway. That's all like, you know, but other than that, I don't think there's anything that I'd really say no to. What I'm, is it about the open. centipede that you don't like? It's just creepy. I think, I think it was when I was a kid and I watched Indiana Jones, the part with the bugs all crawling and it like went into Kate Capshaw's hair. That creeped me out bad when I was a kid. So it's probably that. But you had a millipede when you were a kid. I know, but I got a millipede. Millipedes are okay, but centipedes are not. I don't know what it is. They're just creepier. But that's like the only animal on the planet that I won't even like bother to touch. Like I'll like everything else. Like when we go to a zoo or something that have animal interactions, I'm like one of the first people, like I will like stand in line in front of all the kids. I'll like push the kids out of the way to get to, <laughs> to touch some cool animals. So um, yeah, I'll work with pretty much anything, you know, obviously with the bigger carnivores, like tigers and bears and things like that. Um, you know, you really got to know what you're doing. Um, but it's, it's a really cool feeling when you can work with an animal that can kill you in half a second if they want, but because you have that bond and because you're, you know, reading their body language and, you know, if the tiger's in a bad mood, we're obviously not going to go walk the tiger, you know, it's just, you, you know, your animal better than anybody else. So, you know, you, you take the risks obviously, but you also, you know, make the call based on their behavior and what's going on and stuff like that. So, but it's really cool to have that kind of relationship with something that can kill you. Yeah. I've seen that video of the people that raised up the lion cubs and then didn't see them for a decade. And then they saw yeah. them, that the lions. Um, Christian, the lion. Yeah. Christian, the lion. That's like <laughs> one of my favorite stories. It's so sweet. It's so cute. Like big cats can be very, very affectionate and loving and like really fun to work with. They, you know, a cat is a cat is a cat. They all act like cats. 
Um, like I, tigers will jump in a box if you put a giant box out. They like love cardboard boxes. They love to play. They, you know, they they do um they show affection and they there's a noise they make um called a chuff and it's like this and it's a basically a tiger greeting. Tigers will do it to each other. They'll do it to their trainers. You know, and if they're overly friendly tiger, they'll do it to strangers. So, you know, it's like, it's just a nice way of saying hi to your tiger. So we chuff back and forth at each other and it's really cute. Oh, is there a tiger you work with on a regular basis? Yeah. Um, so there's a girl that I work with on a regular basis. Um, so she's a standard orange tiger. Um, her name is Tora. And uh, we take her out for walks and she's super, super sweet and lovey and she'll come rub up on the fence to say hi to us and she likes getting like scratches behind her ears and stuff like that so yeah i know <laughs> she's the cutest thing ever she's so cute i love her um and then i've worked with a couple other tigers in the past i've worked with some white tigers and you know so yeah it's it's really cool tigers are definitely my favorite to work with what surprised you about working with them um how easily it came to me actually yeah, it's just kind of because I grew up around cats and there's not anything that surprised me about the tigers themselves because um, I pretty much knew going into it cat behavior and tiger behavior and all this and that. And then I know to watch the animals to figure out their personality and what they're doing and stuff like that. So I was just more surprised at like how I can just take the leash and feel at home and just be like, oh, OK, cool. I'm walking a tiger. You know, that's not a normal thing for everybody, but it just came naturally to me, which I'm grateful for. Oh, I can't even imagine what it's like to pet a tiger. It's, it's the best. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, It's just <laughs> the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. Like it was, it was funny because before I ever even heard about the school, um, uh, my dream was to pet a tiger. And this was back when you could, they've changed the law since then. And you can't do this anymore. But um, one of the studio companies, Hollywood Animals, had a seminar where you could, you know, pay um, a certain amount and you got to spend the day there and see like how animals are trained for movies and stuff like that. And you got to pet a couple of different things. And so that was the first time I pet a tiger. And this was like several years before I went to school for it. And like I cried. I was just like, this is the most amazing thing ever. I hope I get to do this again someday. And now I do it like every week. And so it's just like, it's amazing. Oh, so that's so yeah. cool i'm sure people are wondering why i asked you about horror because you were talking about tigers and cats and things but <laughs> you're you are also a special effects person yeah so that's something that i never thought about doing um i kind of just stumbled into it um because i am a horror fan a couple years ago um, when I was between jobs i was just randomly looking through like craigslist gig section of all things and I saw an ad to be in a horror movie. Um, and then that intrigued me. Um, but, you know, it's a Craigslist ad. So I was like totally sketched out by it. I was like, um, I don't know. But then I saw the name Eric Fox on the ad and that it was his directorial debut. And um, I remembered him from Face Off. So he was on season four of Face Off and Face Off was like one of my favorite shows and I watched it religiously and he was actually my favorite out of the whole series. So that's why I remembered him. I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. I have to go do this. I have to meet him. Like I was so excited to meet him. Um, and I went and like we hit it off and he asked if I wanted to come back and learn special effects because I was local to the area. And I was like, sure, why not? 
And then we really hit it off and fell in love. And so I just kind of, you know, stumbled into that career by fate. And um, I'm super happy because now I get to do all this blood stuff and gore. And like, I'm learning how to sculpt and I'm learning how to, you know, cast latex appliances and foam latex and learning how to do application painting and all this cool stuff that I never thought about doing. Um, but like, I loved it watching the show face off. So now I'm like doing it and it's really, really cool. So yeah. I think a lot of people career. consider special effects. It's all digital, but no, there's this practical effects yeah. that are incredibly realistic. Yeah. It's, it's a lot like the practical effects are a lot of work, probably obviously more work than the CG effects, but they usually look so much better. And I don't mind, you know, CG enhancement of the stuff we do, like, you know, color fixing or adding or subtract, like, you know, all that looks great when you combine the two, like a composite, but usually straight digital looks like digital, especially like blood splatter. It doesn't interact with the environment as good. And so it's like, you know, I always preferred practical i hated it when things started going more digital and i was like oh i hope they don't lose the art of practical effects and i'm happy to say that they haven't we're we're busy right now we're very busy with projects so and what a fun way to fall in love it was a very fun way to fall in love and like what it was funny because the tigers is what intrigued eric about me is um he overheard me talking to a makeup assistant while i was getting some tattoos airbrushed out um, that I was, you know, a tiger trainer and that I worked with big cats and he was a big cat lover and he had always loved animals. So he's like, what? That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. And so he wanted to learn more about me. And so that's how, you know, he invited me back and that's, that's how that went. It was crazy. Yeah. I didn't you, think that I would fall in love with the guy I had a crush on on TV 10 years ago, but you know, it happened. <laughs> Well, you two definitely win the coolest couple award. It's it's pretty. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's just such a fun. What a fun! I imagine what what dinner table conversation is for the two of you. It just must be it's hilarious. Always something interesting. It's yeah, something interesting. And you know, we do like a lot of really funny stuff. So, you know, like I'll have pictures of animal poop on my phone, and then because you know the best way to see if they're sick or whatever is by looking at their poop. So you know, sometimes I'll have pictures of animal shit, and then you know, on the same in the same day i might take a picture of animal shit and then a picture of like a prosthetic dick or something like that and like it's just always something interesting there's never a dull moment in either of my careers there's always something funny going on so it it keeps life interesting <laughs> it's a lot of fun it's funny too because in the horror realm in my shorthand experience the folks i've worked with so far which again limited but still the sweetest people in the world mm -hmm. they're creating all these disturbing bizarro <laughs> slasher they're writing crazy disturbing slasher stories sweetest people in the world y'all are it's great thank you yeah we get that a lot like it's people you know and especially because a lot of the time we'll dress more gothic or more dark or whatever like you know especially when we go to conventions and it's funny because we do the horror conventions and the horror convention people are so much nicer and so much better than other convention people like everybody's having a good time. Everybody's super nice. All the vendors are nice. All the guests are nice. Like I haven't met one nasty person in the horror community at all. Like everybody's super awesome. And I don't know, maybe it's just because we all have fun killing people out there every day. You know, I don't know, but 
you know yeah I, maybe it takes care of that that base need. Care of that drive <laughs> I don't know. But yeah it's, it's a lot of fun you know everybody's super nice and all the sets we've been on yours included everybody's super nice to us super chill we love what we do we have fun you know and we at the end of the day we just want it to look good for you guys yeah, totally. Do you have a favorite film that you've worked on? Mine excluded, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Actually, I really did like yours. It was, it was a very interesting short. Like, like I just, I really liked it. Um, and it Thanks. was fun and everybody was nice. So it was cool. I really had fun on a movie we did that comes out later this year called Camp Pleasant Lake. Um, I can't say too much about it, obviously. Uh, you know, that I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. say much. Okay. But it's 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 really fun one. And then there's another movie last year called The Bellkeeper that's super fun. Um, those are the two horror movies. And then a family friendly one that was fun was that Alien Vacation movie. You know, we did full life size like rod puppets of aliens, and we did that. And then I did the dog training for that one, and I ended up having a cameo in it a couple times. And so yeah, I got I, like my credits on just that one alone are like acting credits, training credits, puppeteering, special effects assistant. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, and then as far as animal stuff goes, we just recently did a coyote job. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, can't talk about that one yet either, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I work with coyotes a lot too. Um, the coyotes are, get a lot of work surprisingly, probably like Dogs and cats get the most, but then the coyotes get the second most. You know, it's just old all, with all the westerns and stuff that goes on now. Everybody wants coyotes, so wow. yeah. But I love my coyotes. My I have one coyote boy named Apache that I work with, and he absolutely adores me. And he'll like wag his tail like a dog, and like just whine and get super excited when he sees me. It's the cutest thing ever. So I'm so envious of all that. It's so <laughs> wonderful. So I love that. It's a fun life. Oh, absolutely. Have you ever worked on a horror movie that ended up, even though you were the one creating the stuff, it still scared you to death? No. No, I like. I think it's because I'm such a horror fan. I've seen so many horror movies now. I don't get scared anymore, which is kind of sad. I'm always looking for that one that scares me, but I haven't seen one that scares me in so long. Like, I think the last ones that scared me are like the ring and the Blair Witch Project and like back in like the 90s had some good ones that that got to me a little bit but man that last scene in Blair Witch I gives me chills every time every time for this too because everybody likes to make fun of the Blair Witch but you know like it or hate it got to give it respect for what it did for the the film genre and the marketing and just all that was fantastic so yeah absolutely I lived in Tennessee, so Blair Witch, you know, oh, she's quite yeah. famous. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's creepy. So <laughs> I think I'm more scared of of like witch and ghost and demon movies than I am of slasher movies because it's not every day you're gonna get slashed, but you know, you might get haunted. Yeah, yeah I agree. Those are the types that get to me. Like slashers are fun to watch but they're not scary to me at all like i don't think i've ever been scared of a slasher movie ever um they're just fun but yeah like the more paranormal type um things like paranormal activity i think is creepy um i really like found footage movies so like those types they just feel more real and they're you know when they're done well they're really well <laughs> you know and they're really creepy so those are the, my favorite types of movies but What's coming, uh, what's coming next for you? What's on the, the docket? 
Oh gosh, it looks like um, we're going to be doing a little bit of traveling for another slasher movie. We're on a slasher movie right now. Um, we're in the middle of a big Christmas movie that'll come out later this year. Um, yeah, we are busy. We just finished up some stuff for Shark Week. Um, so that was cool. <laughs> That's kind of combining that my two loves. I love when I get to do an animal um, special effects project because that's, you know, Eric will ask me like, he's like, you're the animal expert. Does this look right? Does this look accurate? And <laughs> yeah, so it's it's really funny. Do you work with sharks? No, I've never actually worked with sharks. I do know a lot about them. We did study them um, and we did go on like, um, as part of school, we did a bunch of behind the scenes field trips at different places. So we did a long shark talk and shark tour and shark feeding and stuff at, um, I think that was Discovery Kingdom up in Vallejo. So that was fun. Yeah. Sharks would be cool to work with. Yeah. They're very misunderstood. I interviewed a they shark are. researcher and learned a lot. And I thought, yeah. wow, I did not know anything about sharks that I thought I knew. Yeah. They're, they're actually really cool and highly intelligent creatures are very, very neat. Yeah. Still gonna, I mean, the cat, big cats though, and the coyotes, and then a bear. I would hug a bear. That sounds uh, yeah. Unfortunately, the bear I worked with was what's called protected contact, so he was always behind a fence. We couldn't, there was always some uh, barrier between us, so I wouldn't get to hug him. I would love to have hugged him. Um, but you know, certain animals, um, for various reasons, will be protected contact. Um, and he was, but my tiger is not. So I can go in, you know, and leash her up and we can take her out on walks and things like that. So is that considered yeah. protected from you or from them? From them. Yeah. yeah. So like there's different kinds of like contact between like animals and trainers. So like protected contact is always a barrier in the way, like a fence, um, and then there's what's called semi-protected, which means you still have some sort of protection, like maybe not a full fence between you or um, on leash is considered semi-protected because if you wanted to, you can still clip them off somewhere and walk away like anything, you know, get away from them if you need to. Um, but uh, free contact is literally no, no barriers, no leash, no nothing. You're just with the animal and they're free to do whatever they want. So that's always a little nerve wracking at first. Um, you know, especially if they are in a bad mood and you're with them free contact for some reason, then, you know, you always have, always keep it in the back of your mind, how to get out of the enclosure fast, what to do in case, you know, we always carry, um, bear spray. Um, it sounds horrible, but obviously in a full on tiger attack, you got to have something to protect yourself. And we only use it in case of a full-blown tiger attack we don't use it for discipline we don't just spray them in the face you know when they're you know doing something we don't like that's not how that works um we don't like punishment at all we don't you know we always try to use positive reinforcement um it's just the, the old ways of like you know animal trainers whipping or whatever like that or hitting the the animals to get them to do it's it never really worked. Then the, you just get a cat that hates you and wants to tear your face off. Um, it's just a lot nicer to use positive reinforcement for all parties involved. And it works way better. So, yeah. yeah every every time I hear about, um, like, on a safari, tigers eating hunters, I think, yeah, cool. <laughs> I never yeah, I was exactly. like, yeah, sure. That's cool. I'm totally cool with that. Like, I understand hunting for food. I hate game hunting. Hate it. It's not necessary. It's cruel. It's horrible. So. Anytime, like, you know, poacher killed by 
rhinoceros. Oh, sorry. You know, what you're going to do? <laughs> are coyotes the smartest animal you've worked with? Oh, they are highly intelligent. Um, usually, I think out of the ones I've personally worked with, parrots. Um, I did have a parrot at school. He was a, what's called a blue friend at Amazon. He's like a small parrot. Um, he was really intelligent. He knew like so many different sayings and he was like, could figure things out really easily. And he was, he was my favorite bird I ever worked with. Um, he's still at school. Um, so he's, he's adorable, but he was very intelligent. Coyotes are intelligent. Cats are obviously intelligent. Like tigers are incredibly intelligent. Um, I do have a lion. He's a special needs lion. His name is Zuri. Um, they discovered um, a few years after they got him, and there's actually a documentary coming out about him. I'll tell you about um, that. He has epilepsy. You know, he was going to be, you know, destined for for stardom, and he had the perfect personality. He was such a sweet little cub and loved everybody, and um, was never, you know, a bad little lion. He was just so sweet. But then he had epilepsy, um, so. He didn't ever make it into the film industry, but he's the most spoiled lion. He has his own masseuse that travels four hours one way just to give him a massage and drives back. Like he gets sponge baths. He gets combed out. He gets food. I give him whipped cream as a treat. Like he's a very, very loved lion. And he has like a whole, we call it, um, and it's the name of the documentary. It's Zuri's Pride. Um, that like, you know, we're all members of his pride and we take really good care of him and he's just super loved and yeah, he's, he's my boy. Will he get, will he do breeding or do, because the epilepsy, no, no, because of the epilepsy, no, he's just, you know, he's just there for us to take care of. Like, you know, he, he's not suffering at all. He's, he's healthy other than, you know, the epilepsy and stuff, but like we just let him chill and do his own thing. Like we don't force him to do anything, you know. Um, the only thing I ever like forced him or trained him to do was a blood draw, um, blood draw behavior and IV fluids because of his epilepsy, he takes a lot of meds. So if you're gonna put an animal on a lot of meds, you want to do fluids to kind of like help with the liver and kidney function and all that. So um he voluntarily lets me give him IV fluids and stuff like that, or subcutaneous fluids actually. Um so yeah, he's he's a good lion and I'll just give him whipped cream and we'll just hang out with him. He lets me use them as a pillow. Like I'll lay down like on his belly and he doesn't care. It's the cutest thing ever. Cuddling a lion <laughs> like that is amazing. <laughs> I want to follow you around for a day when you're doing all this stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. I'll, I, I can try and set that up. Like, oh my gosh. That would make my life. Like, it's, in, it's insane. Like, yeah. If you just see this lion, like just use him as a, you know, a big pillow. It's, it's pretty funny. Oh, so cool. You have the best life. <laughs> it's always interesting. It's a lot of fun. And you know, I love my animals and I, I love my horror job and I love my special effects guy. And, you know, it's just, it's life took a crazy turn for me, but I appreciate it, all of it. You must've saved 20 kittens in a burning building in your last life. And now you're given all this wonderful I I stuff. Saved 20 kittens in a burning building in this life. We <laughs> collecting more cats. Like we, ha we now have six cats at home and now a new one at our shop. Cause it just came up and started rubbing it on Eric's leg one day and we're like oh gosh well you know it's a sweet cat we have to take it in so now we have seven cats but like 
I'm constantly saving everything. We saved a lizard. Like I've saved an opossum. Like, you know, Eric and I raised a baby opossum when we first got together because it, you know, it was orphaned and under the, you know, under um, a wildlife rehabilitator's direction. She's like, oh yeah, you, you know what you're doing. So she's like, you can raise it. And if anybody questions you, you're doing it under my license and all that. So like, she's like, you have a degree in this, you know what you're doing. So I've heard possums yeah. make really sweet pets. They can actually make really good pets. Um, they are one of the very few wild animals I can say makes a good pet. Um, raccoons, definitely not. Horrible pet. Because um, you're going to get bit uh, at some point. Um, and surprisingly, the other one, if you, like most, most things are illegal in California, including opossums and anything cool. California, unfortunately, kind of sucks for having exotic pets. Um, but if you're in a state that allows them, skunks actually make a very good pet. They're very playful and can be very sweet and cute. And I think they're adorable and, you know, they're, yeah. So they're one of the ones I actually would suggest, but definitely not a raccoon. Yeah. I follow a skunk on, on Instagram named Atari. Atari. I was going to say, is it Atari? I love Atari. Yeah, me too. Atari's just the cutest skunk ever. Yeah. I love how they play with the cats and the dog and like everything. It's so cute. Yeah. I love Atari. <laughs> That's the way to raise the skunk right there. Yeah. What a, what a life. What a life. Yeah. I love it. Uh, you are awesome. Well, thank, thank you. you. Tell, tell people how they can find you if they want to look you up or reach out to you or ask you questions or anything like that. Instagram. My Instagram is usually private. Um, I, I am thinking of actually making a public one. I probably should now um, since I'm doing more stuff now, but um, they can always look me up on Eric's Instagram, actually Fox Effects Lab. Um, and I'm always on there. I'm usually the one, you know, doing the stuff on his Instagram because um, he hates social media, to be honest. Um, so yeah, like anybody can get a hold of me on that Fox effects lab on Instagram or Eric Fox on Facebook. Um, and then you can find me through that and send me a message through that too. And I'll answer it. I'll put links yeah. on HeyHumanPodcast.com for people so they can find you. <laughs> Thank you. You're awesome. I love it. Yeah, I think you're awesome. I, I, I liked working with you and hope we get to work together again soon. Oh, I hope so too. My next movie, I'm definitely going to have to have animals in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah something we'll we'll put something in there <laughs> we'll get some skunks maybe we'll get atari to come and make a cameo oh gosh that would be so cute i would love to meet atari i'm like dying to meet that skunk <laughs> yeah i don't know how long skunks live but he seems happy as a clam i mean what a life yeah. well taken care of skunk they did it yeah. right thank you awesome. so much oh thank you it was great to be on here thank you so much for having me thanks for listening everybody bye All right, bye Rate, review, and subscribe to Hey Human Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. Bye.